0: Welcome to the Joe Rest Podcast, episode 2, recorded pretty late on a Sunday night, the 18th of January, 2015, and it's cold outside, but I found somewhere warm and quiet to do this one. My neighbours are away for another few hours, so I don't have to be in my cold car today. So what have I been up to for the last week since I recorded the last one? Well, I've been in a pretty crazy sleep pattern, that's for sure. I've been kind of going to bed really early because I'm tired and then only sleeping for a few hours, waking up in the middle of the night and then looking at my phone, it's 3 o'clock, check my emails, check various things and then before you know it, I'm lying there till it's 6 o'clock and I've either got to go to work or arrange to not go in and sleep for a bit and this cycle's just gone on for the last week and sometimes I get decent sleep, sometimes I don't so my mind's been a bit all over the place really and I suppose that you could say it started with Mintcast 216, which I recorded last Sunday. And I have not been that hungover for a long time, I must say. If you've listened to it, you might be able to tell that I was kind of hungover and wasn't saying that much. But uh, we muddled through it. We were talking about Mint 17.1 XFC and KDE editions. And I was kind of making the point that they're not really much different from 17 and being a bit negative as usual, but positive in the sense that, you know, they are good releases. They're decent disc that are solid and everything, but they're just boring because they're not any different from the last one. And for the second show in a row, we had this huge technical fail right in the middle of it. The previous episode, 215, Scott was doing the streaming and it, his box just kind of froze halfway through after about an hour, I think. And so he had to kind of reboot and stuff. Whereas on this last one, it was Rob who was doing it. And it was, I don't know, maybe around the same time, actually, about an hour into it. And I was right in the middle of a big, long speech. I'd finally been given my chance to kind of give my opinion of the the two versions of Mint. And I was making a much broader point about the, the other two editions of It Mate and Cinnamon. And I was about a minute and a half or more into a big long speech and then I realised that Rob had disappeared and it turned out that he'd hardly heard any of it and I although I'd recorded it at my end I had to kind of go again and it took about 20 minutes as well for him to reboot his box and get it all working again and I was so hungover and that really took the wind out of the whole thing that's why it was quite a short show you may have noticed and why our review was pretty short I mean as I said on the last one of these I was worried that there wouldn't be that much to talk about because they're just so similar to the 17 release and sure enough I was right so that was okay I suppose it was good to do a shorter show I listened to it this morning or yesterday and it was um yeah it was nice to not ramble on too long for a change And we recorded Linux Loddites this week. We did it a bit strangely. Normally we do it on a Friday night and then a Saturday afternoon. And then I mix it and edit it and stuff on the Sunday. But because Jesse wasn't around Saturday, we had to do it Wednesday night and then Friday night. And that meant that I had a few hours on Thursday, so I edited a bit of it. And then on Saturday, I woke up and just edited all day and got it out to Paddy by Saturday night and then he was able to publish it Sunday morning so it came out a little bit early and on that we were looking at the ZTE OpenSea which I talked about which is the Firefox phone and now that episode's out I can fully say how rubbish that phone really is. It's not particularly a rubbish phone for the money I mean it's 37 quid on Amazon now we paid 42 quid for it for one and then sent it around I gave it to Jesse and then he posted it to Paddy but for 37 quid you can put Android on it and then it's just a really low-end Android phone that's actually pretty good. So from that point of view, it's not too bad, but running Firefox OS, it's just terrible. It's it's an old version of Firefox OS and I put a new one on and that was terrible. And the consensus among the three of us is that Firefox OS is just not going anywhere. Although at CES they've announced that it's going to be on TVs and you never know, it might work in that form factor, but... I don't know, Mozilla, they're just dead to me, really, or dying anyway. I mean, I did a Firefox update and then suddenly got a new button, share this page, where my back button should be. And, you know, you don't push updates like that out that change UIs if you don't want to annoy people like me. And so I'm seriously thinking about moving to Chromium or Chrome even, I don't know, but I'm kind of stuck with Firefox for now anyway. But sandwiched kind of in the middle of those two recordings for Lynx Lights was me doing a big push on the Knievel Dead album. I talked about it briefly last time. I'd mixed it kind of in a preliminary sense over the Christmas break and then sent it off to Odell, who's the kind of main guy for them. And he sent me back some notes and more vocals. So I did not a final mix, but pushing towards a final mix anyway. And so he said he'd listen to it Saturday night. It's now Sunday night. I haven't heard anything, so he's obviously been busy. But I'm awaiting more notes on that. Hopefully we can get together and do a final mix, and then that will be it. But I fear that it might need another round of mixing first. But it's sounding pretty good anyway. It's different from the last one in some ways, but similar. It's the kind of difficult second album. But I think he's done a good job. He's certainly done better than I've done in the last couple of years. He's managed to, I think in three years, do two albums, which is pretty good going. I only did a single as well. So they've now got a couple of hours worth of material, which is not bad going at all for a band. And he's written it all himself, Odell, more or less, with a bit of help from the band. So hopefully when that's finished, I've got to speak to him, but I might possibly be able to play some clips on this show maybe. And I don't know how to feel about that really, because music taste is really subjective and whenever I listen to other music shows, you kind of having someone else's taste forced upon you. So I don't know about that. I might just play some short clips if you'll let me. He's not that into the Creative Commons thing, which might be a little bit of a problem, but hopefully not anyway. But that's going well and hopefully that will be um done. And oh yeah and the Linux Luddite side of things, we recorded way too much. If I'd included everything that we recorded. It would have been over two and a half hours. And I've been trying to get the show down to an hour and a half because it's just too long. It takes me too long to edit. And I think it puts people off when they see that it's over two hours. This last one that we've just put out today, 33, is two hours, 10 minutes. And I think it's too long. But, you know, what can you do if you talk about stuff and there is stuff to talk about and you're not just filling? And I don't think that we are. We always try and keep it on topic then what can you do? But we've got that section that we recorded anyway that we cut out of it. And I edited that today, and that's about 26 minutes. So we're looking pretty good for the next show. And, in fact, the next three shows we kind of got planned out, which is good. We haven't got that much to think about. We've just got to look at some things. We've got some obscure software to look at, some KDE distros, and hopefully if all goes well, some OnCloud alternatives, kind of Dropbox, Google Drive alternatives, which will be nice to see, because OnCloud, we checked it out before, and it was just a bit of a disaster, really. Just wasn't up to scratch. So Paddy's got some suggestions, and we're gonna install them and check them out. So we've got that coming up. And Mintcast 217, this time next week, I should have just about finished recording. And that's going to be just me and Scott by the sounds of things. And we'll be talking about Android x86 and also running Android apps on Chrome, the browser, which started out from just Chrome OS, but then people have managed to hack it. And so it works on Linux. And in fact, I think all the major platforms. So I haven't got into that yet. I've been too busy, but hopefully if I get a chance this week, if not, it'll be at the weekend. I'll dive into that. going to install Android x86 again on my touchscreen Vivo book. So that should be alright. And apart from that, just obviously once I've finished this, I've got to edit it quickly, put the music in and stuff, and uh, push it out to the feeds, and see how many people are listening to it. I wasn't sure how many people were going to listen, and I'm not going to say I was disappointed, but it wasn't that many, although I did plug it on Linux Luddites today, so hopefully the numbers will go up a bit. But as I said, I don't expect that many people to listen to it, it's just me. But... The next one, maybe if I get a chance, I've got to go to Jesse's place and do some tests because um, we're thinking about maybe upgrading some microphones. And so if I get a chance to go around there, then hopefully I'll talk to him about something, maybe his phones, well, maybe phones in general, I think, the kind of Android um, the 5.0 release and how I don't like it on my Nexus 5 and how he's got his Motorola phone and he's got more or less pure Android on that so it'll be a very phone heavy, not interview I suppose, but uh, piece anyway. So he's hoping that'll be good. And what else has been going on? Well, <laughs> I've been arguing on the internet a little bit with Fab from Linux Outlaws fame about the Charlie situation. Now, obviously everyone listening to this surely must know about the Charlie Hebdo thing in Paris, but for the sake of the historical record, I might listen to this in several years or whatever. This is what Wikipedia says about the whole thing anyway. On the morning of the 7th of January 2015, at about 11.30 local time, two masked gunmen armed with assault rifles and other weapons forced their way into the offices of the French satirical weekly newspaper Charlie Hebdo in Paris. They fired up to 50 shots while shouting Allah wa Akbar, Arabic for God is the greatest, and killed 11 people. They then killed a French national police officer shortly after and injured 11 others during the attack. Five others were killed and another 11 were wounded in related shootings that followed in the Ile-de-France region. So, yeah, obviously, that was a bit redundant. Sorry you had to listen to that. Everyone knows what happened. And obviously... I'm a little bit tinfoil hat. I listen to some tinfoil hat shows, or one in particular, which I might get into at some point, my list of podcasts that I listen to and why I listen to them. And so I've heard more or less all of the conspiracy theories. The main one that's of any interest to me is the shooting of that police officer where someone was filming them as they came out of the the offices. And he was injured on the ground and then they shot him point blank or one of them shot him point blank range in the head. And I don't know. I don't know much about weapons. I'm sure there must be American listeners who know loads about guns and stuff. But it's my understanding that if you shoot someone with an AK-47 in the head, it's a lot messier than on that video. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I've never seen it and I didn't really want to see it, but I kind of stumbled across it and I don't suggest you see it because it's quite shocking and horrifying, but that, that raised questions to me anyway. But I don't really want to talk about the, the conspiracy angle of things because it doesn't really matter as far as I can see. If it was completely made up on stage, which seems pretty unlikely, well, very unlikely, or whether it's just a case of the powers that be have kind of benefited from a tragedy, I think that that's probably more likely. And it, that shooting video might just be a bit of a red herring, really. But in the last kind of 10, 11 days since it happened, there was this huge kind of social media campaign, hashtag warriors and all that, with the hashtags just we, Charlie. And people were kind of under the impression that they were fighting for free speech by supporting this magazine, newspaper, whatever you want to call it, and their right to just do whatever they want. Now, it seems almost like I'm trolling to say that I disagree with that whole movement and that whole idea that they were right to do it and that they were right to follow up because the magazine that they published a few days after the shooting had on the front of it yet another cartoon of the Prophet Muhammad. (laughs) Now, people were saying, oh, yeah, right on. And Google gave the money and the uh, British government gave the money and the French government gave the money. And they ended up selling millions of copies in several languages where they normally just do like 100,000 copies. And they donated the money to the victim's family and everything. So, you know, you can't say that it was cynical. But I just don't agree that it's a good idea. And I don't think that the whole thing was about free speech, quite frankly, and freedom of the press. And that's what I was arguing with Fab about because he's a journalist, albeit a technology journalist, so not in the same field, but he feels very... Well, I mean, he's European, isn't he? So not like us Brits who are our own thing. We're not European, we're not American, we're somewhere in the middle. But he obviously felt a real kinship with them and was really backing them up and saying, hey, this is a great thing that they have just stuck two fingers up at the Muslims, and published another cartoon of Muhammad. And I'm just there with my head in my hands, just thinking, what were they doing? What were they doing in the first place? I mean, a bit of background. Why did this thing happen? Well, this magazine, or newspaper, or comic, or whatever you want to call it, has been trolling religious people and political figures for years and years and years. Now, that is not dissimilar, certainly with the political figures, to a magazine in the UK called Private Eye. But the difference with Private Eye is it's funny. Whereas, I don't know, maybe you have to be French to get the jokes, but to me, everything that I've seen come out of uh, Charlie Hebdo is just not funny. It's just trying to be offensive and trying to troll people. And for me, I, I cannot say that they deserved to have their offices attacked. And they've, they've had their officers attacked twice now. It was firebombed before, and then they had seriously heightened security, but that obviously wasn't enough. It had been several years, and then this thing happened. Now, obviously, violence is never, ever the answer, and I deplore violence in all its forms, and I think it's absolutely terrible that that, that happened. And I don't really want to get into blame games, because I've been accused of victim-blaming here and the obvious example that is always thrown at me is rape victims do you blame a woman who wears a short skirt goes out and gets raped well no it's obviously the perpetrator's fault and in this case obviously it's the gunman's fault the terrorists whatever you want to call them the crazy people who went and shot people it is obviously their fault but at the same time if you troll people there are potential consequences to that. In the UK, if you troll people on Twitter, some people have been put in prison for trolling people on Twitter, which is something that I am obviously hugely against. Because even if it's death threats or anything, I would never make death threats to people. But it's empty threats on the internet. I, I just don't think that you should be sent to prison for things that you write on the internet but that is a different story altogether so we've got this magazine that has deliberately offended as many people as possible and obviously their defense is that they have offended all religions and all political ideologies and it just happens that it was some extremist muslims who came and shot up their offices and killed loads of them And people say, well, they should have the right to do that because otherwise the terrorists win. And you could argue that up until they got firebombed in 2011, it was just them exercising freedom of the press and freedom of speech. And you could almost forgive them for doing that. But when it got that serious, they should have knocked it off, quite frankly. And then after this shooting, they should have definitely knocked it off and they should not have put... Muhammad on the front cover again because that has just caused more ripples throughout the the world where you've got muslim countries and french embassies on high alert and you know people really fearing for their lives over some stupid cartoons that aren't even funny in the first place now it might come across that i'm defending the crazy muslims here but i'm not it's i actually don't like religion at all I am pretty much an atheist I would say and I think that religion is damaging and not a good idea and that the best thing for the world would be if all children all over the world were taught about all religions past and present including agnosticism and atheism and I think that with that knowledge Within a couple of generations, religion would more or less disappear because when you realise that there are so many different faiths and have been so many different faiths, it kind of raises your consciousness to the fact that, hey, maybe my one isn't the true one. But at the same time, I think that you have to respect people's right to have faith, even if you think that they're wrong about it. And so obviously you can't go around banning it. But at the same time, you have to accept that sometimes it's not a good idea to inflame people deliberately and you could say oh well are the muslims a special case then well unfortunately yes just before christmas there was a family guy episode which basically ridiculed jesus somehow in their crazy surreal world he was alive and kind of friends with peter on the show and uh wanted to get it on with peter's wife and it was just absolutely ridiculing him. And people would say, well, it's okay to ridicule Christians, but it's not okay to ridicule Muslims. Well, yeah, because Christians don't mind, or they do mind, but they're generally, the extremist Christians are in such a minority. You've got like the Westboro Baptist Church, for example, that people just, you know, can do what they want, mocking Christians. And to some extent with Judaism as well. You can mock them and you might get in trouble, but there aren't extremist, violent Christians and Jews and Hindus and other religions, at least living in Western countries like France and the UK and America. But there are a small minority. Some would argue about the size of that minority, but for argument's sake, let's just say it's a very tiny minority of Muslims who are militant, crazy, and do stuff like this. And the fact is that we don't live in a perfect world, and sometimes you just have to accept that you can't go around offending Muslims, because a few of them might react like this. And Fab said that I was spineless and needed to grow some balls, but that's my position on it. And I don't think that it's about free speech. I think that had they, Charlie Hebdo, written a very well informed and funny article about what's wrong with religion and even specifically about islam because there are loads of things wrong with islam obviously like there are loads of things wrong with loads of religions almost all religions if they'd done that then i would feel that they had a defensible position but they just don't have a defensible position because They just tried to offend people. It worked. And then violence resulted. And then they didn't learn from that mistake. They didn't learn in 2011. And they haven't learned in 2015. And they're going to continue to do it. Spurred on by the likes of Google and governments giving them money. And I'm seriously disappointed in that. Because, as I keep saying, this is not about free speech. It's really not about freedom of the press. And even if... You have the right. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they should be banned from putting the Prophet Muhammad on the front cover or drawing his image, even though that really upsets almost all Muslims. I'm not saying it should be banned or outlawed. Obviously, anyone should be able to say or write or draw anything that they want to. We should have a totally free press and... Uh, free speech which we don't actually have but I'll get back to that but at the same time that freedom comes and that right comes with a responsibility to not do things like this just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it and sometimes you have to take a bit of responsibility you have to be grown up about things and you have to not just be a troll like they have been because Violent things like this can happen, which leads me to the freedom of speech issue. Now, France is a country like many in Europe that don't have freedom of speech and don't have freedom of the press, even though this whole thing has been about it. And this hashtag supposedly, oh, yeah, we've got to keep the press free under the people laboring under this illusion that it is free when it isn't. There are laws in France and Germany and several other European countries that specifically forbid even the discussion of the facts of the Holocaust. Now, obviously, I'm not going to start denying the Holocaust. I'm not going to start questioning the numbers. I don't know anything about it. But I think I should have the right to do that. And in this country, the UK, I believe I do have the right to question Numbers and question even whether it happened. Obviously, if you go around doing that, then you're going to be ridiculed, and that's fair enough. If you say something stupid, then people should have the right to call you stupid, and you know that's just life, isn't it? Whereas in France, they don't have that right to talk about the Holocaust and to discuss it in an adult fashion because it's just these are the facts, that's it, case closed. We're not going to talk about it. And if you want to question it, then you can go to prison for doing that. And so just this whole thing is such hypocrisy for them to even think that they have freedom of the press. So I don't know. The bottom line is they shouldn't have printed those cartoons and they should stop doing it. Not because I'm telling them or some government tells them or because some crazy Islamist terrorists shoot people but just because it's not a very nice thing to do because you've got a billion people or so who follow the faith of Islam and although I think that it's not true and I think that like all the other religions it's man-made that's just my belief and I like I would hope that they would respect my right to not believe in God I have to respect their right to do what they want to do and yeah, you can't walk on eggshells with everyone and you have to be able to offend people. But if you're in that position like they were, having been firebombed for offending Muslims, then they should just not do it. But there you go anyway. I didn't want to get too political, especially not so early on in this. And I'm sure that I will probably have annoyed loads of people with my ignorant ramblings, but there you go anyway. Anyway. So that's my brief thoughts on the Charlie Hebdo thing. I actually got a bit of feedback from the first show, which I wasn't expecting, which is podcast at gmail.com, if you want to email me. And it was from Alistair Christman, Christman, who said, Hi, Joe. Just thought I'd drop a line to say I really enjoyed the new podcast and it's been added to my podcatcher. I found it really interesting to listen to. I enjoy podcasts that are just done by people who make it feel that you are listening to them in the pub. Well, I've got a pint of cider here, so uh, yes, it is like me ranting in the pub today. He also said, I like the idea of getting one of those Zoom recorders, but I need to get a mixer first to help produce a better sound for my own podcast. Speak soon, Al. And I think that Alistair is from the Admin Admin podcast, which is kind of a Windows admin mostly, kind of server stuff podcast. And as I said to him in my reply, I don't think that you need a mixer to do podcasting, really. I know that a lot of people disagree with me and they think that you definitely, definitely need to have a mixer. But I think that you can do it all in software if you want, That's I do. I Obviously, this is just using my um, voice recorder, so it doesn't sound that good. But if you've got a fairly decent mic, a decent enough USB interface, and the right software, be it Audacity or be it proprietary, whatever, Pro Tools and... Cubase and Logic or whatever I think that you can do it all in software these days and you don't need a mixer if you want to do a live show then it definitely helps to have a mixer but I, I don't think I think if you are on a tight budget it should be low down your list of priorities of how to get a podcast together the easiest way I think is to all get a decent mic if you're going to do it on Skype this is like most people and one of you record the skype conversation and then just put it out or hangouts well i actually don't think that hangouts is advisable really i think that skype is much much better and i think that doing it with video is a mistake that's what most people think oh well if we do it with video then we'll be able to see each other and then it'll be kind of less awkward less likely to step on each other but i am telling you that video eats up so much bandwidth and makes the latency go higher And it just becomes a bit of a nightmare. And Hangouts, the codec, the audio codec, is not as good as Skype. And people seem to kind of think, oh, well, Skype's owned by Microsoft. But, well, Hangouts is owned by Google. How are they any better than Microsoft? They're both evil companies that produce proprietary software. Um, The only difference being that all Google stuff is free, at the point of service at least, because you're the product. But, yeah, my advice to anyone wanting to get into podcasting is... spend as little money as you can because it's going to take a lot longer and more effort than you think and even once you've got going it's not really that much about the quality it'd be great to be like BBC quality but you know it's more about the content I think concentrate on the content first which is a bit rich given that I've just rambled into this for however long what is it half an hour or something but anyway well that'll be it for this one I suppose so as I said, uh, Podcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch and hopefully speak to you soon.